Hello, and happy Friday to you. We are back with another Friday Five here on the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm Sarah Rupel, your host, and, well, we are in February. Punxsutawney Phil has made his prediction, and here we are. Six more weeks, or 44 days, until spring. You might even say that spring is just around the corner. Number one on our list this week. The ACA Marketplace open enrollment period closed out on January 15th. And according to the Biden administration, it was a historic open enrollment period. 14.5 million people signed up for health insurance coverage during the time frame from November 1st, 2021 through January 15th, 2022 gaining coverage for the 2022 plan year. Percentage-wise, that's a big jump, a 21% increase in ACA signups this year compared to last year. The state with the biggest jump in signups? Florida, with 603,000 more enrollments than last year. Rounding out the top five, Texas with 549,000. Georgia with 184,000, California with 156,000, and North Carolina with 134,000. Certainly a jump between the top two and the rest of the top five. We will be linking to the press release and an analysis from the Kaiser Family Foundation in the episode notes, just in case you want to check and see where your state came in with ACA enrollments. Number two, remember IBM Watson, the lovable supercomputer that appeared on Jeopardy and was supposed to help diagnose treatment plans for cancer? Last week, IBM sold part of IBM Watson Health off to Francisco Partners, a private equity firm. The move came after two failed attempts to sell IBM Watson Health in the past. The third time seems to be the charm here. The sale has brought the word moonshot back into trending media vernacular. That's how former CEO Ginny Romady referred to the project back in 2017. Quote, Our moonshot is bringing world-class healthcare to every corner of the world. End quote. Watson was to start as an oncology advisor, taking in volumes of data, parsing through it, and helping to diagnose patients. That idea didn't really come to fruition, hence IBM's decision to sell. I recently listened to a What Next TBD episode on the subject and found myself, almost at the same time as host Lizzie O'Leary, noting the parallels and differences between IBM's Watson and Theranos's Edison machine, because there are definitely differences and distinctions between the two, of course. But we will have a link to that What Next TBD episode and the write-up on Watson's sale in our episode notes. Number three, we've been hearing a lot about social determinants of health lately. How do these factors, economic stability, access to education, and the quality of that education, healthcare access and quality, neighborhood and built environment, social and community context. How do these factors come together 
And do they come together to influence a health outcome? Or do they clash and prevent a successful outcome? According to Mary Beth Donahue, president and CEO of the Better Medicare Alliance, quote, research shows that social determinants of health can account for up to 55% of an individual's health outcomes. Doing right by beneficiaries means devoting attention to clinical and social needs, not just one or the other, end quote. The focus in these areas has been social isolation, transportation, housing, and food. And if you've seen some of the benefits coming to Medicare Advantage plans recently, that definitely rings true. But there's still work to do. There are still other areas to focus on. The National Opinion Research Center, NORC, at the University of Chicago, just completed a case study on how Medicare Advantage providers are meeting the moment. The case study was published last month and is titled Innovative Approaches to Addressing Social Determinants of Health for Medicare Advantage Beneficiaries. In the Better Medicare Alliance press release, they describe the research as, quote, best-in-class approaches to social determinants of health from Medicare Advantage plans, providers, and community partners, end quote. If you work in the Medicare Advantage market, this study is a great read because it's all about innovation that is happening right now. The case study reports on 12 companies, highlighting a best practice each one has used to approach social determinants of health. In addition to the full report, we will be linking to an interactive presentation, as well as the press release from the Better Medicare Alliance. Number four, on the tech side, I don't usually get too excited by headphone news, but this was a rumor that's just too good not to mention. Gizmodo reported that there are rumors about Sonos expanding into the headphone space. Now, that's certainly something that we've heard before, but if you've been listening to podcasts and the way that Sonos has begun advertising in podcasts lately, well, it would be pretty epic for Sonos to get into the headphones game. Sonos speakers are high quality and they support a long list of audio streaming services. According to the article, with the company's recent acquisition of T2 software, a more advanced headset could be in the works. They surmise Bluetooth pairing and the ability to stream the same signal to multiple headsets, which would be an interesting upgrade for home theaters. And then, of course, just the quality of Sonos sound in headphone format with the rich sounds created by recording binaural audio. That's the type of audio that is recorded as someone with two ears hears in real life. The microphones are often made to look like a human face, which seems weird visually, but the sound quality is amazing. It's super realistic, designed to put you in the moment. Many production companies call it immersive sound, and if you've ever listened to audio created this way, you'll know. Like I said, it really puts you into the narrative of a show. So needless to say, this is something that I could see myself wanting to purchase, as long as the price is decent. But we will be linking to that article in our notes, and again, 
just rumors so far, but exciting rumors nonetheless. Number five, this is your friendly reminder that Valentine's Day is in 10 days. So there's still time to order something online and get it delivered in time for the big day. This year, for my daughter, so far I've found a stuffed guacamole plush complete with candy and a cheesy pun. I also have two squishmallows that she may or may not already know about. They're hiding in the closet, but my heels are also in there, and she digs those out regularly to clomp around the house in, so not sure. No idea what I'm getting the hubs yet this year, but I do know of a few things I would like. So I'm sharing those with you today because, well, maybe that special someone just might be listening. Feel free to take these ideas or even suggest them to your significant other. But if they don't like what they get, you didn't hear it from me. First, the thing on my list that I I know I won't get because it would just be ridiculous, but my birthday is not long after Valentine's Day, so it's always a good idea to get that suggestion in there. A Nintendo Switch Lite in coral. That way, I can stop hogging my daughters when I want to play Animal Crossing. And I can make my own island. That would be nice. More realistically, though, an Instax instant camera. This is something that is fun and whimsical, lets you capture photos in the moment. I know I said in the holiday episode it's a bit much for kids, and I still think that. But for a responsible teenager or an adult who happens to host this podcast, perfect Valentine's Day gift. Next on the list, I might order this for myself after Valentine's Day, a coffee and chocolate tasting box from Beanbox. The box comes with four coffees and four chocolates that are paired together for a tasting experience. And I like that it's coffee and chocolate because you can still take on the day. It's not going to give you a headache or anything like that. And then because it's still winter and we're all channeling cozy vibes, candles, but specifically homesick candles. You might have heard of them, might have seen them in your social media feeds. These are the candles that are supposed to channel scents of different countries, states, and cities, you know, for the people who are homesick for where they came from and have moved away. But there are also a ton of scents for different moments and memories as well. There's a book club candle, a ski trip candle, even candles by astrological sign if your significant other is into that. I recommend looking at the scents before ordering, though. Don't order blindly, because for me, the Pennsylvania candle is full of my migraine triggers. I am extremely scent-sensitive, and that has notes of butter, molasses, caramel, maple, sugar, and vanilla. Guaranteed headache in a bottle for me. But... Spring cleaning sounds delightful, with lime, bergamot, basil, and vetiver. Lots of great ideas to choose from there as far as candles go. And those are the things that are on my list this year. But to be honest, I'd also be happy with a special home-cooked meal for Valentine's Day, as long as I don't have to do the dishes. That's always a winning treat in my book. RuPaul Recommends If you remember me talking about the Little Debbie Christmas Tree Treats ice cream back in December, 
well, Little Debbie has partnered with Hudsonville Ice Cream, bringing their signature flavors into a brand new ice cream line. Nutty bars, honey buns, oatmeal cream pies, strawberry shortcake roll, zebra cakes, Swiss rolls, and cosmic brownies are now available in ice cream form. And thankfully, this time around, it's not a limited edition run. These flavors will be available year-round, but judging from that original Christmas tree cake-inspired flavor, I'd say there's a possibility for future limited editions as well. Nothing wrong with hoping for a pumpkin delight ice cream. I don't like pumpkin spice at all, but those are good cookies. (laughs) And that is all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're not already, make sure you follow along with our feed wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there, and we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. 